Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand finances can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, fiduciary, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and I'm honored to be your host for the next 30 minutes as we continue to provide financial clarity so you can have that confidence in every financial decision. Well, today I thought we'd spend some time talking about taxes. You know, there's been some misconceptions that have said, you know, Crystal, since accounts are down, well, at least I don't have to worry about paying taxes. That's something I've been hearing quite a lot lately from new prospective clients that have been coming in who maybe aren't so happy about what's going on in their account. And they're kind of soothing themselves with the thought, well, at least though I don't have to pay taxes because I'm not making any money. Unfortunately, for those who are in a taxable account, that may not be true because you can still pay taxes even when your accounts are down. Now, let me just say that one more time and let your your brain run that over in your mind as you say, wait a minute, how can that be? See, you can and you may have to, and again, I'm not giving you tax advice here, but you may have to pay taxes on your taxable accounts even when they're not showing a profit. So how can that be true? Well, when you begin to think about a taxable account, and what is a taxable account? Maybe we should start there. A taxable account could be an individual account that just has your name on it, that if you make any money in that account above what you put in there, then you're taxed on it. It could be an individual account that you have at a local bank. Well, what are the chances of taxes you're going to pay on that if you're not earning anything in it? But there's also joint accounts that you could have where it's two people's names on it. It could be a TOD account, meaning transfer on death account. These are the type of accounts, whether you have them at a local bank or you have them with your financial planner or you have them in a brokerage account. But it's something that says, I'm willing to invest in these type of accounts and I know it's going to generate tax liability. A lot of times people don't realize that taxable accounts are creating a liability to you where you're going to increase your taxes over time. And I want to talk about that a little bit today, but first we're going to stay with that misconception that I've been hearing out there about when a taxable account's value is down, you don't have to pay taxes on it. Well, we know that's not true. Because what happens in a taxable account, and let me just use a mutual fund as an example, and let me quote where I'm getting this information from. I mean, I can look specifically, and you could look specifically if you wanted to, you could put your ticker symbol into into Google, right? And you could find out what is the turnover ratio for the specific fund you have. And some turnover ratios are little and some are a lot. And on average, according to the Vanguard, and I looked it right up on Google, I have it staring me right in the face. It says that the typical stock mutual fund has a turnover ratio of 100%, which means on average, everything they started the year with inside that fund 
has been switched by the time that end of the year has happened. So if everything in that account has has been sold and something new has been bought, even though the name of the account stays the same, whatever fund you're in, there is a chance that you could have a tax consequence at the end of the year in a taxable account. So let's think this through. Let's think about January. Wasn't the stock market better in January? Yes, I know we've had some upticks and there are rumors that we could see a possible 20% more decline before the end of the year. So there's a lot going on in the stock market. But if we look back in January, it was uh, looking pretty good. Everyone's happy, right? So let's pretend you have those holdings, which you're happy about, in January in a taxable account. Well, what happens is if you've made money in that account, right, and you talk about it maybe being in a mutual fund, and the mutual fund managers go in and decide to sell it because they see it losing money and they want to invest and reposition someplace else, and they sell it, but yet they still you still made original money on it. So let me clarify that. Let's pretend you had $20 you invested, right? And it grew to 40 and you're all excited in January, but by March, uh, your mutual fund uh, manager decided to sell it at 30. You would look at it and say, oh my gosh, my $40 a share in there went down to $30. I lost money. Whew, now I don't have to pay taxes. Oh, contraire, because what happened is if you bought it at 20 and it grew up to 40 and then you sold it at 30, there's still a capital gain that happened in that account and it was sold. And that's why if that has happened throughout this year and there have been sales in your account, even though you didn't call up and ask for the money or you didn't call up and ask for it to be sold, there could be some capital gains you have to pay at the end of the year, dun, 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 even though your account balance may be down. And just understanding that concept right there really messes with some people's minds in trying to understand how in the world do I have to pay taxes when my account value's down? Well, when we think about it, right, there's there's two ways you make money. You make money when you buy something and right? You buy it at $20 a share and it goes up to 30, it goes up to 40. You're making money so you can pay taxes on that if you decide to sell it and say, well, even though I didn't sell it at 40, I sold it at 30. And so the tax man says, good job because you still made $10 on that and I'll have some of that, please. And the other way that you can make money and be taxed in a taxable account is that you can have capital gains on your div or you can have dividends, I should say, where the companies that you're invested in, they paid money out to you. And the, the tax man does not care that you just reinvested your dividends. They're saying, no, you could have taken them out. You could have bought something else with it. You could have went and had pizza or whatever it is you want to do with your dividends paid for groceries. But because you reinvested it, that's not our fault. And so they can tax you on it. So at the end of the year, there can be a a capital gains tax because you bought something, sold it while you made a profit, and there can be taxes on your dividends. So these are things to be aware of. Now, does that mean, oh, goodness, Crystal, now that I understand that I could be paying taxes at the end of the year on an account that I have investments in that is down 
Does that mean that you don't invest? No, it just means that you begin to be aware of, wait a minute, if I want to invest, what are places that I should be, or I shouldn't say should, because I don't want to give you investment advice over the radio. That's something we would do one-on-one. But you can begin to look at, are there different vehicles that you can use that allow you to invest without you having to pay the tax? That's where you have different things like, okay, well, maybe what about a Roth? Again, we've talked about this before, but a Roth is a way where you say, okay, I paid the tax on it. You put the money in. Now, think of people right now that are sitting in a Roth and maybe that's you. Maybe you have a Roth and in January, you're like, "Eh, I'm pretty pleased with it. Okay. It's been growing nicely. I know the amount I put in and it's higher than the original amount I put in. And having a Roth means that even if you put it in at $20 a share and it grew to $40, oh, let's just be crazy. Let's say it grew to $100 a share. It doesn't matter because you don't have to pay taxes on it, right? It's a Roth, right? If you followed all the rules and and stipulations on it, you paid your taxes in advance, you didn't touch it before 59 and a half as far as the original principle, then you should be in a position where there's no tax on it, regardless of how high your stock grew. So that's an option where individuals can say, hmm, instead of putting money in a taxable account, which is taxable, hence the name. And I know it's not fair because they do not say, let's tell everybody this is a taxable account. They name it like an individual account, a joint account, a TOD account. Nowhere in there does it say individual taxable account. And so because they don't make that clear, a lot of times people are mistaken. And so they say, oh, Well, I'm going to put that money just in a regular individual account or joint account because I like being able to touch it, right? It has accessibility to it. That's one of the advantages. And they choose to go that route instead of understanding the tax consequences of it. So one of the options that you can do is you can look at a Roth and say, huh, I don't want to do my taxable anymore in that way. I want to put it over in a Roth. Doing that, you will need to be aware of the different consequences of a Roth, right? There you got to think about, hmm, I can only touch the growth in my Roth before age 59 and a half. If I go ahead and start touching the principal that I put in, then it actually makes it taxable. So you want to look at that component. Another area that people will say is they say, well, Crystal, uh, instead of a Roth, why don't I actually put it in an IRA? We've had discussions on that. We've talked about the fact that when we put it in an IRA, yes, we, we can write off money or most people can write off on their taxes. Hey, I put a contribution in my IRA. This is awesome. It's something called tax deferred. So it doesn't mean it's tax free, doesn't mean that you're never going to pay tax. You're just kicking the can down the road, tax deferred, tax kicking the can down the road, right? So you're going to pay when you go to pull that out. So advantages and disadvantages to that. Okay, so if I'm kicking the can down the road, what's nice is that if I have my $20 that I put in and it grew to $40 or, hey, it grew to $100, I'm not going to worry about having to pay taxes on that until I pull it out. And if I've decided inside my IRA account, ooh, I don't like that stock anymore. I need to reposition it. 
we don't have to worry. You shouldn't have to worry about, oh, well, that will generate a tax bill or that will cause tax consequences like a taxable account would because it's all being done in your IRA. So you can wait till it's super high. Then if you're over 59 and a half and don't want to pay that extra 10% penalty, you can touch it then and you can sell it and pull it out. Or here's the other thing. Understanding with an IRA when it's tax deferred, it may go up high and you might be happy in January, but let's pretend it's this year and you have to actually take out money from that account. Well, you're only going to be taxed on the amount you pull out. So if it's you have a huge amount in there and you decide you're going to take that all out at once, maybe not the best move, but at least at that time it doesn't, you're not taxed until it actually happens. It comes out and it's in your hands. Now, We talk about this, right? Taxes, about there's a taxable, a tax deferred, and then there's a tax advantage. Taxable, individual, joint account, TOD account, which means transfer on death account. A lot of people will use that and they'll say, I want to be in complete control of this money. So I'm going to put transfer on death. So nobody touches it till I die. But when I die, I want it smoothly passing to my heirs. And so they'll use that. And what they like about that taxable account is that it's liquid. They can touch it whenever they want. What they don't know many times is that taxable account is an increasing tax liability or could be over time because as it grows, which is the goal of investing, as it potentially can grow for them, they can potentially be having a tax liability that's growing for them. And so this year, I think maybe some aha moments for individuals as they begin to get the, you know, do their, get their taxes done and say, wait a minute, I ended the year and it wasn't at the same place it was in January. And yet I'm going to pay taxes on it. Yes, because it wasn't inside a tax deferred or a tax free vehicle, tax deferred, meaning an IRA or a tax free or tax advantage vehicle like a Roth. Now, another area that is tax deferred, many would recognize, is your 401k at work, right? 401k or 403b. Those are places where, hey, I'm not having to pay taxes on the money I'm putting in. I can buy, sell, move to the sideline, do whatever I want, gymnastics inside my 401k, my 403b, because I don't have to worry about the buying and selling of triggering any type of taxes. I don't have to worry inside an IRA, a 401k, a 403b if dividends are generated because I'm not taxed on it until I'm actually taking the money out. And then I'll be taxed or you'll be taxed, I should say, on 100% of that coming out, right? 100% of that would be taxed. And it would depend, again, what tax rate. And of course, people will say, well, I would want to do that. Because when I get into retirement, I'll be in a lower tax bracket. Please be watching what's going on in our country, because let's just pretend that that was right, right? That philosophy that they've taught us. But understand, like this year, if someone was retired, pulling money out of their 401k, their IRA, usually it's an IRA because you've rolled the 401k into the IRA, they're having to take more money out to live the same way they were before. So if people say, oh, I only need $75,000 to live, is that the same now as it was if they said that in January of 2022? 
Au contraire, I don't think so. Because of the cost of living and the inflation, it's gone up at least 9%. So now we have to look at that. And again, I'm just using well statistics that are out there, whether they're saying, oh, yes, it's only been 5% or the latest one, 9%. But the point of the matter is wherever inflation is, people aren't able to live with the same amount of money at the same lifestyle. So if in retirement, they have to begin to taking out 30% more, 40% more, 50% more just to keep up with what's going on. And then taxes that pushes the amount they're taking them out, right, could push them into a new tax bracket. So the thought process of, oh, well, I'm not going to worry about it. I'll be in a lower tax bracket at retirement because I don't need to take out that much to live on may not be accurate. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick 60 second break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk some more here at Crystal Clear Finances. And I want to talk, continue our discussion when it comes to taxes, because I want to talk about the compounding interest that happens inside a taxable account and begin to show you, wait a minute, if you're in that position, if you found yourself where you have worked hard and you've put money into a taxable account and now you're realizing, oh, I've just created a potentially increasing tax liability, what do I do? Well, there are some options in how you begin to look at it. What are the choices that you have? You know, how do you get that money out in a tax efficient manner so that you don't spend your life having to go through uh, paying taxes, building the account, paying taxes at a lifestyle, building the account, the account goes down and yet you still have to pay taxes out of lifestyle. Are you jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire? This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. Moving to cash to avoid market risk may save your account balance, but it doesn't remove all risk. There's inflation risk, tax risk, purchasing power, loss of capital, liquidity, and longevity risks. Before you jump, consider what new risk you may be jumping into and how it can impact your finances and your future. Call Crystal Clear Finances to determine which risks are right for you. Call 518-433-7181 today. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. My name is Crystal Langdon, and today we are talking about taxes. We're dispelling the myth that says, wait a minute, hey, my account is down, my taxable investment account is down, and I'm soothing myself and saying, it's okay, stay calm, because at least I don't have to pay taxes on it this year. Like all the other years where I was making money, it was okay, because hey, at least I could see my account value grow. There is a chance, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there is a chance that many people listening to my voice today, if they have resources, investments sitting in a taxable account, which is just an individual account, I shouldn't say just, which can be an individual account, it can be a joint account, it can be a TOD account, when it's anything non-qualified, if there is buying and selling by your fund manager, if there are dividends that were being paid and reinvested in the fund, if there were buys and sells that happened and you still made a gain from the original price you paid, 
Maybe you bought it last year at $20 a share and it grew up to 40, but then you lost some and they sold it at 30. That's still a $10 per share gain and that can be taxable. So what are our choices? And that's what I want to spend the rest of our time talking about is what are our choices? Because when there are taxable accounts, they generate interest or dividend, right? There's three ways to pay the tax. You can just say, hey, I don't care. I'm going to cross my fingers and I'm going to hope that this account will continue to grow and I don't care about the tax liability. We're going to talk about that in a moment. I'm going to give you some real numbers to chew on. The other way that you can do is you can say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to every year, I'm going to pull the growth off of that account and I'm going to pay the taxes on that and then put that into a tax advantage or tax-free account. So in other words, The philosophy on that one would be for the individuals who say, you know, I hear what you're saying, Crystal. It doesn't make sense to be continuing to pay taxes on this account. Eventually, over time, as my account continues to grow, the amount of tax that I'll have to pay can continue to grow. I'm going to start taking the growth away from it, but I really like this fund I'm in. My dad gave it to my, I inherited it from my grandfather, whatever the case is. It has sentimental value. I don't want to give it up, but I'm going to start making sure that it doesn't continue to grow in a way that can increase my taxes. Or the other way is to say, are you kidding me? (laughs) I didn't realize taxable accounts did this. I can't move it into a tax-free investment all at once. It just won't work that way. I'd have get hit with too many taxes. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to systematically work through this and I'm going to go ahead and I'll work down. I'll begin pulling off chunks of this in bite-sized pieces, moving it over into a tax-free account so it can grow over time and I can handle the taxes along the way. So what I'm doing, and those of you who watch us on our YouTube channel, you're more than welcome to come see what I'm doing here. But I'm putting in an example of this where you have a 40-year-old who over the next 30 years has decided that they are going to be growing this taxable account. They've put in $100,000. And let's take a look of the tax consequences that are going to happen over this, right? So in beginning in year one, they have $100,000. Maybe they inherited it. Maybe they got a bonus. Who knows where they got this money? They sold the house and had a hundred thousand left over when houses were going for a crazy amount of money. Kind of different today, I know. But we can see if it was just invested at five percent, that hundred thousand over thirty years could grow, and we're talking about a consistent 5000 a year, something that we do here at the Office of Crystal Clear Finances inside of our green tank, right? We, we invest outside the market. We save outside the market. So this 100000 could grow to $432,194. That's what compounding interest can do. I mean, it's just remarkable. This eighth wonder of the world is what they say it is. But what we need to understand that just as the account is growing and generating growth for you, the taxes increase as well. And so most people will say, Crystal, uh, that hundred thousand, it's going to grow to four hundred and thirty-two thousand one hundred and ninety-four dollars. That's all my money, and oh, it's a beautiful thing. And all they're looking at 
is the number on their statement because that's what they believe this account really did for them. But what they need to begin to understand is from the very first year, if they made 5% on that account and they were in that 30% tax bracket, right? We go through the numbers. The very first year, they would have to pay $1,500 in taxes. And the next year when they go down, they'd have to pay $1,575 in taxes. And so you begin to scroll down and over the course of the 30 years, they're going to pay $99,658 in taxes. So here's my question. Where does that money come from? It comes from lifestyle. Most of the time when people have an individual or a joint account at a brokerage account, you know, a TD Ameritrade, a Charles Schwab, an investment account, they don't want to interrupt the growth that's happening, right? They don't want to interrupt anything that's happening there. And so they, when they go to their CPA and the CPA says, you owe this much in taxes, they're frustrated. They don't know why. And they don't know many times what's triggering it. And if they have large taxable accounts, that's what triggers it. So here, let's put this in perspective. When we look at this, remember I said that individuals can start with $100,000, right? And over 30 years, if it was left alone and getting 5% in a taxable account and they didn't pay the taxes from that account, well, then at the end of 30 years, they could have $432,194. And the reason we can quote that number is we're talking about there was no market risk. It was just getting a 5% every year, compounding interest. What they don't understand, and this is the key walk away for today, is that 100000 that grew to $432,194, because that's what it says on your statement. What they don't realize is they really only netted $246,968. How can that happen? Because they're 100 that grew to 400. They forgot to write out, just deduct, subtract the 99,000 they had to pay in taxes. And if that 99,000 had been invested Year after year, remember, it started with 1500 Then the next year, they had to pay 1575 in taxes, right? It kept creeping up. If instead of using that money and placing that money to Uncle Sam, and they had placed it instead in a tax-free investment, it could have made them 85000 So in reality, when they look at their taxable statement, what we really have to do is we have to say, oh, I see that the 100000 grew to $432,194. But I also know that out of my other pocket, out of my lifestyle pocket, out of my savings account, I paid $99,658 in taxes. And I because I had to pay that in taxes, I lost the opportunity for an additional $85,568 of growth that I could have had someplace else because that money was busy being eaten up by taxes. So in reality, that 100000 over 30 years inside a taxable account didn't really grow to four thirty two one ninety four. It grew when we subtracted out the different things, and this doesn't even include fees, it grew to 246968 
Why am I sharing all that? Well, it started at the beginning of our conversation today is that many people use a taxable account because it's liquid. You can touch it. But my question would be, is that the best place? There are other tax advantage vehicles you can use that are liquid that you can touch besides a taxable account. And if you're going to use a taxable account, then begin understanding all of the consequences of it. Understand that it creates and can create for many people uh, an increasing tax liability because of the buying and the selling and the dividends and the taxes that you need to pay on an annual basis based on what's happening in the account. And also we've talked about this today because many people will come to the end of the year, their accounts may be lower than where they were in January and yet they'll still have to pay taxes. Why? Because their investments are in a taxable account instead of a tax advantage account. And that can make all the difference. Well, we are at the end of our time together. I want to encourage you, if you need to sit down and say, Crystal, I need to talk to you about my taxable account. How in the world do I unwind what I've done? How in the world do I reposition or just make sure I don't do this more going forward? Well, then give us a call at 518-433-7181. Let's sit down and create a plan together. And I encourage you to join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and Alpha Star are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.